On the podcast, we have one of our most heated and intense debates regarding head coach Marvin Lewis. And because of this, it's been divided into two parts. We also talk about Aaron Hernandez and CTE, the Cowboys versus the Cardinals, and what do the Texans have to do to have a chance against the Patriots. This is war to win this game. There are some things they will have to do. The defense will have to play out of his mind. They will have to contain Tom Brady. And then Deshaun Watson would have to make more than just one 40-yard run. He had to make other big-time plays in that game. And not only that, the Texans would have to control the clock, and Bill O'Brien would have to actually call decent plays, not decent plays, I mean, like, good plays, um, and keep everybody off balance. Don't be predictable. And they'll have to take some risks, too. So you're saying he's going to have to coach. (laughs) (laughs) It's a little harsh. (laughs) You're tuned into the New Channel Sports Podcast, the ultimate sports talk podcast. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 25, 25 of the New Channel Sports Podcast. Unfortunately, one of my guests, co-hosts, is still here on the podcast. But over to my left, it's your boy, Chris. What's going down, Chris? Hey, man, what's good? 25? We're 25 in? Yep. 25 in. That's excellent, man. I'm good. And straight across from me, let's see if he lasts a 50. What's going down, Trey Day? Man, I can't believe you said, unfortunately, Chris is still here. That's messed up. <laughs> you know I was talking about you. No, you weren't. Yes, I was. <laughs> you don't know what you would do without me. I know what I'd do without <laughs> you. <laughs> I would do a lot without you. What's up, man? But anyway, hey, go man, ahead. Everything is good, man. Today is, it's like, it's Cowboy Friday in the studio. Oh, and he's wearing Cowboy Blue. Chris wearing cowboy blue. Y'all y'all feel bad for talking about my team and wanted to come dress like me today? No, I just since you weren't concerned, you know, I just decided, you know, just might as well wear some blue. Okay. It's not it's not cowboy blue, but if that's what you say. It's close enough. It's close mm-hmm. enough. If you say so. I thought, you know, first I want to give a shout Cowboy Nation and Laker Nation training camp is starting. We man, this is a great day. This is a great day to be a fan of our team. I thought you guys were wearing blue because y'all were preparing for how y'all are going to feel on Sunday. Blue. Patriot blue. I mean, we do know what is likely to happen in that game. <laughs> but if Deshaun Watson balls out, defense plays solid, you I'm know. Sure, I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about that today. Yeah, yeah. Well, yes, of course we will. We'll talk about the Cowboys too a little bit. But let's start off with – um a little bit of, you know, Aaron Hernandez is found out that he had stage three CTE. Uh, we talked about this episode seven NFL violence a little bit. Um, the family's now going to sue the NFL. The NFL said they're going to fight it vigorously. This makes the NFL look terrible, I think. But it is what it is. Um, 
for anybody out there that's saying that this is the reason why Aaron Hernandez did some of the stuff that he did, I, I think that's ludicrous. Um, he was an idiot before he got into NFL. But, you know, this is what NFL has to, has to go through with this certain topic. So, you know, I, I really can't say much about it. Uh, I think with Aaron, I think it's a legit argument you could make that maybe he does some of the heinous things he does because he has CTE. Because to have an advanced stage of CTE at an age of, what, 27? That means he's been... His, he's been concussed and that's been happening, at least been developing for quite some time. And the unfortunate part is, can you imagine if he continued his NFL career? I mean, everybody wants to forget what he did, right? Take that out of the picture. But if he continued his NFL career, where would he be at the age of 40? At the end of the day, he did exactly what a lot of people with that advanced CTE do. They, they, they no longer have control. And what do they do? They, they kill themselves. Suicide. And that's a, not a joke on any level or, or, or platform. But for somebody as young as he was, 27, I think the issue is you see somebody like Aaron Hernandez. He's 27. He committed heinous crimes, right? And like, well, whatever. He killed himself. A lot of people are saying justice serves justice. But he was just 27. And there are football players who we've seen, especially me growing up, some of the older players I watched who are either killing themselves, who have mental disabilities, who are committing violent acts. And we don't know, okay, why is this person committing this violent act? And like you said, oh, it does make the NFL look bad. But more importantly, it's just very sad, specifically for the current NFL players. If Aaron Hernandez has that at age 27, what if we did brain checks on every single player playing. I think we'd be astounded at, at, at what we find. I think the, I mean, I guess the, there was a test done on those players, you know, that were deceased and 110 out of 111 came back, you know, having some form of CTE. So I think those percentages will probably hold true for a while. There has been an advancement in equipment. There has been some education brought to this whole thing, but in this situation here, I think if this lawsuit wasn't in the, they were smart to put that lawsuit in the name of the daughter, because I think that that draws some type of sentimental value towards the whole thing. But at the end of the day, I mean, everyone is aware of the consequences of playing football. I mean, of, I don't think that originally people thought it was possible and I don't think the medicine or the research or nothing put out there, the dangers, you knew there was a danger, but no one really knew what it was. So in the past, all these people passed away, did all these crazy things in themselves. You know, even you think of pro wrestlers have done that same type of things who've suffered those types of concussions. A lot of them have gone through this and it's a serious matter, something that needs to be addressed. Uh, However, I just, I mean, at, at some point in time, I think the NFL needs to do, a little bit better job of making sure these guys are educated about it. But at the end of the day, this is a decision that they make to play football, knowing now they have more research than ever. They have more attention towards this than ever. And so the players before, I I don't want to say that I give them a, a buy, but I mean, I know a lot of players who really weren't sure, you know, what this was and they were trying to make a living. Now, I mean, I would say for the past, I don't know, seven years or so, eight years or so, since this talk is heated up, they know exactly what they're getting themselves into. And for people like Aaron Hernandez and people like that, I don't think that, I think their equipment's better than the NFL. I think their 
their uh, facilities are better, their access to resources are better. I think a lot of this stuff happens much younger, at a much younger age. So them suing the NFL, I don't think is really fair because I really think if you go back to youth football, which I'm heavily involved in, high school football, middle school football, where you got one or two coaches coaching 40, 50 kids, they can't diagnose and see all that type of stuff. So, I mean, these kids are suffering multiple concussions at an earlier age. I don't think it's just NFL. I think, though, I see so many NFL fans say kind of what Trey was talking about, and Trey didn't go as hard as some of these fans do. So I'm going at the, the more hardcore fans who are saying, well, you're getting paid millions to do this, so you should understand and put up with it. I, I hear that argument, but what I would say against that is we can't even test them for the most part and get clear results while they're alive. You know what I'm saying? You literally have to sign up to donate your brain. So for people to say, oh, you know what you're getting into, a shade, maybe a little bit, but some of these symptoms, we haven't even, we, most people don't even know what they are. We don't know until it's practically too late. So to say you know what you're getting into, they have no idea what they're getting into. Now, do you, when you play football, is there a chance you can have a horrific injury? Yes, we've known that for years. But did we know that you would be to the point where you would have violent acts towards your family to where you'd have suicidal thoughts? We didn't know that until just recently. But more than that, we didn't know what happened so fast. We've never seen anything like this with somebody who was so young as Aaron Hernandez. So it raises the question, A, when we test these brains, are these things that we know already? Because I'm sure that we could see when was this progressing? How long is it progressing? And then more importantly, B, everybody keeps saying the NFL, they're doing everything they can to be safe. But the question is, are they? Are they really doing everything they can to be safe? Because at this point, with somebody at such a young age to have CTE advanced to such a profound level, we're not doing everything we can. Right. But that, that leads you to believe that it didn't it couldn't it had to start before he got in the NFL. And I'm telling you right now, we see it on a weekly basis. Kids getting up with concussions and, you know, coaches trying to get him back in the game or the parents trying to get him in the game or the kid really not knowing what's going on. Uh, I see it every single weekend. I mean, we've got to have rule with, you know, their visors have to be clear enough for us to be able to see their pupils, you know, so that way we could see or at least have an idea. But I think that starts way before then. I think it really does start before then. And, and Troy, I have a question for you. Um, I know you're really big on youth football. And I think that youth football is great. And, and also soccer, when you teach these younger athletes how to hit properly, how to protect themselves properly. So as far, and the question I have for you is in youth football, what are some of the things that they're doing there to teach these younger kids to avoid having, you know, concussions at younger ages. Do you think it's possibly not having them play contact football at younger ages? What's out there for them? My, that's a, that's a really good question. My initial thought was to let kids start playing football as early as possible. Born, being born and raised in Texas, that's just what we do, right? So I th- I never really had an issue about it with it. In fact, I let my, my son, both of them, play at an early age. But as I've gone deeper and deeper into this and I've gotten more involved with it, uh, my take on this changed a little bit. I wouldn't. I mean, I, I guess I'm okay with them playing uh, tackle football. Maybe, maybe in my old high school, who's the head coach, who's the head of the Texas High School Coaches Association, uh, D.W. Rutledge. He doesn't. He's not a big fan of it. So he was thinking like maybe around middle school um, to allow them to start doing that. But it's it starts with the coaches. So there's heads up football certification, and USA Football does a lot of good stuff for kids. And there's there's clinics all the time. Methodist Hospital performs a clinic. Um, that we do, and even the league that I'm with, we 
allow it to try and teach the coaches proper techniques and stuff like that. But man, I promise you, I, I guarantee you, if they did a little bit more research and tried to peel that onion back a little bit, they see a lot of this stuff starts um, a lot earlier. I, I'm be honest with you, I've, I've had three for sure, probably four concussions in my life. And I wouldn't doubt that some of the symptoms that those guys have, I've experienced some of them, some of them recent, um, to be quite honest with you. So uh, I get it. I truly, 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 truly get it. Um, it's not, it's not, it's not fun, but I mean, my fourth, the fourth concussion, I knew that I was going to get diagnosed with it. So I didn't say anything. I just did it and stayed out there and played and I wasn't getting paid millions of dollars. So I can understand uh, kind of what those guys are going through. Yeah, it's tough. They have to deal with that. They have to deal with, um, I know it's a different issue, performance enhancing, um, drugs. I think that's part of the reason why Cushing was doing it. He, you know, if he didn't do it, then his career would be over with. Um, if you get her on the field now, you see it almost every game if a player goes down and it looks like he might have concussion it's almost like he tries to get up too fast and walk away so he's not evaluated because he wants to stay on the field or he wants he doesn't want to be taken out the next game um i forgot who it was but there was a game i was watching where the, i think it was Aaron rogers it might have been Aaron rogers or it might have been Bernie. cj for Tor- for dorowitz the way he got up he was on the ground for a long but then he got up like okay I'm, I'm okay yeah but they're like, yeah, you have to come back here. We have to evaluate you. And it, eventually, it turned out he had a concussion. Yeah. But um, most of the players, they know what they're getting themselves into. I mean, like I said, you can see it on the field. They know that the risk they're, they're putting themselves in, and they just want to play football for the most part. I think as the youth starts to be edu- starts to get educated about what's happening, you're going to see a lot of parents and a lot of old people like be like, you know, we don't want you to play the game. Yeah. But if it's up to us, me in particular too. I, I know you say you had four. I never had one. But if I can go out there and play, I would in a heartbeat. I would play. I, I wouldn't yeah, but care. The thing is that the education's been out there. Ray Lewis, you know, brought tried to bring attention through this with Dick Sporting's good Dick's Sporting Goods back in like 2010. Like they're offering free, you know, level evaluations and um, parents. Uh, the parents care now, but I mean, right now, man, there's there's fall football. Then there's spring football. Then there's tournaments. Like these kids are playing football year round. So football, tackle football has come, become like AAU basketball or, or baseball where these kids are playing all year long now. And so there's kids that are, um, you know, getting injured, you know, playing sports. And it's not it's not even funny. You know, even the kid from Houston, you know, that um, – he played for the Fresno Gators. His, um, what was his name? I mean, you're like, oh, uh, Robert Graves. Robert Graves. Yeah. yeah, I went to Hightower. Played for this team called the Fresno Gators. So, shout out to those guys, and my prayers are with them. We had to postpone their game this weekend because he's played with them since he was like four years old, and a great kid. But yeah. the dangers of playing this game are, it's. Uh, I don't think the parents think about it. The only reason I don't pressure my son into playing football is for for what happened. Yeah, because if something happened to him because he was playing because I wanted him to play, I don't. I couldn't live with myself. Yeah, and I, unfortunately, with football, even with I was really wanted to learn what happened to Robert Graves. He just made a routine play. Was it? And it just went wrong, you know. And that's something that can happen in football. Um, I know that soccer, in particular, they have a lot of issues with the youth growing up with concussions when they're heading the ball because they're not doing it properly. So I know even at the youth level with soccer, they're either for some leagues a the kids cannot head the ball until they hit a certain age, or b they're teaching them 
how to do it. And football is trying to do the same. The problem with football is in soccer, you can teach a kid how to properly head of, have a header but in football you can teach a a a youth how to properly tackle but if the person they're trying to tackle makes a slight movement in a different direction your your proper form of tackle turns into an improper form of tackle and all of a sudden you can be seriously injured um like you guys are saying there's not much you can do but i just i have a hard time coming to the settlement saying well you get yourself into it that's what you wanted to do yes it's a choice but it is a billion dollar industry so it's, it's too easy to say, well, you just want the money. Well, no, it's a passion for it, but there, it is money in it, right? Yeah. So uh, I think we have to do everything we can to protect them. If that means maybe changing the rules and maybe having a sport that's not as violent as we may have grown up to watch, and that's what needs to be done. But at this point, as a spectator, is it really worth it? I mean, on Sundays when you have even – the players complaining about getting hit in the head and I want to be hit in certain areas, we have an issue. So it needs to be fixed. Well, at, after that point, though, it's really not going to be football anymore. It's going to have to call it something else. I mean, when you take, even now, the way they referee the quarterbacks, is it's kind of funny. The quarterbacks are now probably the safest player on the field based on the rules. You can't hit them be- below the knees. You can't hit them in the head. I mean, and then you, sometimes you talk about the tackling. Sometimes they'll try to tackle one another, and maybe the, the running back or receiver will dodge, and they'll hit but each other mm-hmm. trying to tackle one another. Right. So, but that's with you know it's something you've taught since you've been playing football is the person who gets the lowest wins. So the, the, what we saw in Sports Center, and and I'm not blaming Sports Center for this, but what we saw in football, we like to refer to like those ooh hits, right? What you get to see to see the highlights and the top tens and the come on mans and all the type of stuff are those truck sticks. You know, when people, I mean, it's a, it's a weight, the way that's what I'm gonna do to you and Madden, right? I'm just gonna truck you. But Christian Okoye running over people, Bo Jackson running through people. It's just the way that it's been lowering your hat and hitting it. There's new something in football now. Actually, it's been in rugby forever. It's called hawk tackling. Um, so the, the pay, the Seahawks do it a lot. But it's a rugby style tackle because those guys don't wear helmets and they get concussions, but not at the level or the rate that NFL players get it. So some teams are practicing that. Many colleges are practicing that and they've gone back to where they're not having contact. They're wearing soft shell helmets. You know, there's a few big companies out there, one that I do business with or trying to do business with as well, uh, called Rock Solid. They, you know, instead of practicing in a helmet, they practice in a soft shell helmet to kind of protect you. Um, So they're putting measures in place to do it, limiting the days of contact which is why the Seahawks got fined uh, a couple of years ago. But, I mean, at the end of the day, when that guy's coming across the middle, your natural instincts and the things you've been doing for the past 15 years of your life come into play, and they could try and duck and protect themselves, and you could try and duck and protect yourself, and next thing you know, you're with a concussion. Those, the ground doesn't move. Mother Earth is undefeated. So getting slammed into the ground, you know, um, that's going to cause some concussions too. I, I, my only solution at this point, which is, is really not a solution, but it hurts the players where it would hurt really bad, but it would be ejecting players and finding them. That's at the NFL level, right? Um, I think that's what needs to be done. If you are not tackling properly, we're going to, we're going to flag you and we're going to find you. It is the only way that you can have the game safer without taking it out. Like as O said, having a product that doesn't look like football because at the path we're going now with so many youngsters playing football at such a young age, can you imagine this generation of players when they retire? It's going to be, it's going to be ugly. 
It really is. With the amount of players who are going to have effects from concussions, it's going to be horrible. So we may lose the sport completely. I say you clean up the sport by having fines when you are not tackling, pro- tackling properly. You're throwing a flag and you're possibly throwing that player out of the game. Because when you're going towards their their pockets and it's clear like, oh, okay, these guys are going to throw you out of the game. Then maybe, maybe we see less violent hits. Well, but, but it starts, what's getting these guys the most, where it starts is at youth football. So if a guy's gone through his NFL career and gotten two or three concussions in the NFL, I would venture to guess they probably got quite a few more uh, as, as youth. So I think that that's where it's got to start. Uh, and I feel like I'm directly involved with that here, you know, in the state of Texas for what I get a chance to do. But um, some of it is beyond the coach's control. A lot of it does have to do with, you know, those dads living through their kids, you know, still trying to get them to play. And still, if you go out to any of the games with me on the weekend, those big hits is, ooh, everybody's doing it. Everyone's up and screaming and, you know, recording it and put it on Snapchat. Like, that's what gets people excited. Uh, and these kids are walking away from these games. We don't have – you know, necessarily an EMT or anybody out there pulling them into a blue tent to try and see if they're okay. Mm-hmm. You got a coach who's, you know, a part-time coach and a, got a full-time job someplace else and looking at his kid, asking him some questions, thinking that he's okay and get back in there. We need to win this football game. And so it, across America, there's going to be probably a thousand, thousands of concussions this weekend and they'll go undiagnosed. So then by the time they get to the NFL, this looks like something that learned, they got in college at the NFL and it's something that's been going on since they were seven, eight years old, which is sad. Yeah. yeah. Well, unfortunately, I do think something drastic will have to happen before there's any change. And like a severe injury or maybe even death on the field, something like that would have to happen before there would be like a real change. That's just what I think in my head. I can't see it any other way. They can enforce all these new rules and new technology, but I don't think that, I really don't think the fans want it to be different, no, not in their don't. lifetime. And it has to be, something like that would have to happen for the fans to be like, okay. Do you remember when Don Beebe from the Bills used to wear that extra helmet on top of his head? Right, Do you right, remember right. that? Mm-hmm. I mean, like, I don't know if it would take something like that. I mean, the helmets today are phenomenal compared to what they used to be. I mean, I don't know. I mean, if you think about it, the type of helmets that, you know, the old school people. You look at Joe Theismann's helmet from when he played <laughs> compared to what they have right now. That's why we got so many concussions when back in the day. I mean, those helmets were crappy. They were crappy compared to what they got right now. Um, and so I, so I think that's why, that's why I'm a firm believer that this stuff started a lot earlier um, than later because now I'm just, the, the, the helmets, they're made a little bit different. They're made a, a lot different. Um so I don't know. I, I don't know if technology will ever catch up with, you know, science. I don't. Th- I don't think it will. <laughs> I, I I just don't think it will. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I don't know what he said. I remember Ricky Williams saying something about concussions. I don't know if he was in denial or something. Was he high? I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> but I think he was saying that he doesn't get concussions. He doesn't believe in concussions. I don't know if you guys remember the story. He said that he thinks it's some kind of. Um, ploy or something and that he doesn't really believe in concussions i have to look at look it up and really give you the details but it was funny when he said it but that's what i think of right now but anyway now we're going to transition to football <laughs> <laughs> the Texans are going to play the patriots this weekend mm-hmm. going to foxborough um mm, it's gonna be a tough one i want i want to hear your thoughts 
Well, I, I gave you a prediction the last podcast on the score. 31-17 um, Patriots. But if the Texans were to win this game, there are some things they will have to do. The defense will have to play out of his mind. They will have to contain Tom Brady. And then Deshaun Watson would have to make more than just one 40-yard run. He had to make other big-time plays in that game. And not only that, the Texans would have to control the clock and Bill O'Brien would have to actually call decent plays, not decent plays, I mean like good plays, um, and keep everybody off balance. Don't be predictable. And they'll have to take some risks too. So you're saying he's going to have to coach. (laughs) (laughs) It's a little harsh. (laughs) And they'll have to take some risk. I would like to see, you know, if they have to kick the ball off, an offside kick. You know, they, they will have to take these kinds of risks to show that they're not afraid to lose the game. Let's go out there and let's win the game. We play to win we the game. We play to win the game. Um, and that will, that will be, you know, that will be a statement. If they were to go in there and win, that would be a huge statement. And I think it's really on the defense and it's on Deshaun Watson. Um, I think every Texan fan, really every fan around the country, knows the Texans are going to lose. But as to your point, oh, is is how they do it. If they go and get smacked up again, we don't learn anything. But if Deshaun Watson goes up there, he doesn't throw any picks, that would be great. Um, But the the big news is I – I should say, I don't care if he throws a pick or not. I more want to see if he can drive the ball down the field. He's not afraid to throw the interception. And, and that's really a product, like you were saying, with Bill O'Brien. If you just want to shelter him and not have him throw, then he's really never going to learn. I see this game as a throwaway for him anyway. Just go out there and play. Right. That's what they did last week with the Browns and Deshaun Kaiser versus the Ravens. They're like, well, the Ravens are going to destroy you. We know that, but just go. But that, that was more on Hugh Jackson, too, though. I think he put Kaiser in a position to be successful. It's actually let me let me change something a little bit here. You're right. Deshaun Watts has nothing to lose in this game. Go out there, ball out. This is on Bill O'Brien. It's not just against the Patriots. When the Texans have these big games or they're they're against an opponent that they're supposed to lose to, not only do they lose to these opponents, they lose bad. That there's no preparation. I want to see the Texans go out there and at least be competitive. That's basically it. That's what I would like to see. They're going to win the game? No. But let's just be competitive. I I don't even know what to say. I'm glad that y'all are, you know, I'm glad your expectations are tempered. Um, but I knew you were going to say that. On the I'm just saying. I knew you were going to use that, that phrase on this podcast. I'm just glad your expectations are tempered. I knew you would say it again. That's good. <laughs> I think it's, it's going to be a, a better game than people think. I'll just leave it at that. I'll just leave it at that. But don't, don't, I think you guys are giving the Patriots too much credit right now. I think it's not that we're giving the Patriots too much credit. Is that the Texans haven't done anything to prove to us that they can be competitive in, in, in these types of games. Yeah. They can be going to Cleveland. Honestly, if they, if they go to Cleveland and lose, we're not surprised. You know, the, pa- I, the Patriots have, Given up a total of 62 points in two games. Luckily, they've scored 63 points in those two games. And how many points have the Texans scored in two games? Well, Which th- you famously <laughs> 
clowned us on the last that, that podcast. True. That is true. But I think that I think that the they will have the Texans will have a chance to score some points. Uh, that that's look in that first game. The only reason they scored in that drive was because the ref made a ludicrous call that made that drive continue, and that's how they scored. And if Deshaun Watson is not Deshaun Watson, the Houston Texans might have not scored a touchdown in their first two games. Basically, did they look? It's on the defense. The defense has to ball out. They have to contain Brady and ball out. And then Bill O'Brien has to have a game plan to where they can stay close in this game. They're not. Look, okay. Let's just be real. Over under that the Texans score 14, two touchdowns. Over under. I would, if I was, if I was betting on that, I would take the under. <laughs> there you go. But they could kick field goals. No, I'm just saying touchdowns though. They, they, I mean, they may not need touchdowns to win this game. What? They may not. Burkhead's out. Did you see? Did you watch the Saints game? The Saints were in scoring position maybe three or four times where they could have kicked field goals, but they knew they had to score touchdowns, so they they went for it on fourth down constantly. Right. The, the, I'm just telling you, mm. Burkhead's out. Hogan is probably likely out. You, do you know who we're talking about? Rob Gonkowski is questionable. He's Highly questionable. He's gonna play. He, he probably he, he will, will. If look. Tom Brady didn't play the last time we played these cats, right? Right. He didn't play. And we still got Molly whopped. Uh, Trey, listen to me. I'm L- look into my eyes. Uh, L- oh, look oh, across oh, here. Look. Oh, oh, you are falling into a classic Trey trap. This is what Trey's doing right now. No. No, he's he's doing this on purpose. What? He's How trying to set it up What's in the a show? Way. Yes. No, no. He's trying to set us up in a way to act like, like the, the Texans should have played better and should have had a chance. So we get blown out. The next show, no. Say, well, look at your Texans. That's, you got spanked. See, he's smaller right no, now because he's that's not, that's not true. <laughs> that's not true. That is not true. I'm. I am appalled that y'all actually think that of me. Why would I do something like we that? We don't think. We know. Well, we know. <laughs> I think. I think you're not giving. You think you're giving the Patriots too much credit and not enough credit to the Texans. What's the score of that game, Trey? I'm Prediction. Gonna, I'll wait and tell you that at the end of the show. Okay. That's oh. So oh. We have a little bold prediction here or something. <laughs> I'll, wait. I'll wait until the end of the show. You already had your guarantee the end of the show. That didn't go too well for you. So if I'm wrong again, I'm wrong again. Oh, who cares? You just turned to Skip Bayless. <laughs> <laughs> he's a Cowboys fan too, right? I think he's a Giants fan, actually. Well, I'm pretty sure he's a Cowboys fan. Is he a Cowboys? I thought he was a Giants fan. He's a huge Cowboys <laughs> fan. He's not a Giants fan? I thought he was trolling us for a second. <laughs> <laughs> I know Skip Bass is a <laughs> cowboy fan. Is that a Redskins fan? No? Mm-mm. Like they're Redskins? All hell the Chiefs. All right, so the Cowboys, are they going to um, play the Cardinals? Or is it, that game going to be in Dallas? Um, that's Monday night too, right? Monday night. Yeah, where's that game that's you play? That's in Dallas. That's in Dallas. I'm pretty sure that's in Dallas. Now look, I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> the Dallas Cowboys. You want to? You want me are, to tell people what happens if you want me to say that again? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> We're trying to keep this show as clean as possible. I'm tired of bleeping these doggone shows. The Dallas Cowboys better win that game by two scores. If they do not, if they do not, we are right. Think there's some cause it's in for Arizona. concern. It's in Arizona. Oh, it's in Arizona. Okay, I, I, I'll change that a little bit. Because, you know, in the NFL, is tough playing on the road. I'll change that a little bit. But Arizona doesn't look that great to me. 
that I don't the Cowboys have no business losing to Arizona Cardinals. That's just how I feel. Arizona's receiving core is actually really good. But Car- Palmer Carson, Palmer is done. That's what you said about my main man Jay Cutler too, right? Balling. It's been two games. <laughs> one game. It's been one. One what? game. Oh, one game. I'm I sorry. Yeah. Oh, I told give you. Me a break. I'm like, you I'm, to do some push-ups. I'm not worried about that <laughs> at all. That wasn't a push-up. That, that's that's something else, isn't it? That was push-ups. That was push-ups. I'm not worried about that at all. I have I have I have no concern about that. <laughs> but Carson Palmer. I mean, the the Cardinals receivers are actually playing very well. And when you get a chance to play against a depleted secondary like we have, I mean, I don't even know if Skandrick's going to play. Right? And he's, I mean, he's not great, but he's one of the best we got. So without him, that game's going to probably be a little closer than what people think. Who's the better quarterback right now, Eli Manning or Carlson Palmer? Man. Wait, am, I, am I playing in a regular season or playoff no, game? No, right now. Who's, better, I, who's I, a better quarterback right now? Am I playing in a regular season or a playoff game? Why does Trey make everything so hard? I'm just asking the question. It's a regular season right now. If it's a regular season. Who's been the better quarterback in the past two games? Carson Palmer. Carson Palmer. Who has a better wide receiving core? A core? Carson Palmer. No. Without Odell Beckham? No, with Odell Beckham, yeah. Uh, With Odell Beckham? With Beckham and Shepard? I don't think they're meshing yet. I don't think they're working right now. That Arizona Cardinals wide wide receiver core is deadly. And they really haven't done anything in the past two games. Because their offensive line stinks. They don't have anybody that can run the ball. Well, if the Dallas Cowboys lose that game, I'm I'm sorry. I'll be surprised. If the Cowboys lose the game, I I would be um, concerned. About no, we're, we're already concerned. Yeah. Me, you're already concerned. <laughs> but you're, okay. You're not you're not Cowboys fans, so you shouldn't be concerned. No, I don't. I give zero you-know-whats about the what? Cowboys. What? You know what? What? I give zero you know what's about the Cowboys. But if I was a Cowboy fan and going into this game, you know, after you lose a game, right, (laughs) Trey, (laughs) in the NFL, after you lose a game, it's all about the bounce back. How are the Dallas Cowboys going to respond to the embarrassment of losing to the Denver Broncos? If you're going to talk about – the Cowboys, is there a way you could start talking? How could, can you stop saying Dallas Cowboys and just say America's team? That would make me feel better. Wow. Just just say America's team. America's game of the week, America's team. We're not going to lose the darn Cardinals. <laughs> We're not. I'm being nice right now. We're not going to lose them the, the Cowboys. They're the Cowboys. They're America's team. Get it right. They're the Cowboys. The Cowboys are the Cowboys. If they lose, <laughs> if they lose quote, they that infamous quote of yours, keep saying that. Keep well, I mean, they, you know, they're building an identity right now. Can you say that one more time? They, can't, like stop, they, can't, they can't stop anybody. So the Cowboys are the Cowboys? Yes, the Since, Cowboys are the Cowboys. Thank you. Mark the tape. Mark the tape. Last time you made that comment, somebody got smacked. It's going to be in the playoffs, and he's still going to be talking about that. That's <laughs> never going to go away. Nope. Like, ever. Nope. But Cowboys, they're going to be all right. It'll be a good game. It'll be a close game. On the road, we'll probably win by like five. I, I think the game will be competitive as well. Um, I expect the Cowboys to win. So my prediction is I expect a victory. I don't think it'll be easy, but I, I just think the Cowboys' offensive line, they're not going to get smacked around every week. They're a really good offensive line for a reason. There's a reason why Ezekiel Elliott runs through the holes and makes the special plays he makes. I think Zeke will win the game, and Dak will be solid. Uh, my biggest fear for the Cowboys, and I've been saying this since preseason, I think Dak Prescott has been 
watching critics talk about him. He just looks like a different quarterback. He's forcing things. He dinks and dunks a lot, but that's fine because that's what the team needs. And he keeps throwing it deep to Dez, and him and Dez are not on the same page. And so far this season, just being honest watching Dez, he does not look like a top five receiver, even a top seven receiver. He just hasn't looked good. There are times where Dak gives him an opportunity to win balls and he's not doing it. I expect him to do that against the Cardinals, but at some point he needs to he needs to step up. It's, fa- it's funny you say that because he's going against a better secondary than he did against the Giants. Um, because I'm, th- he has the opportunity. He's gonna have, he's gonna be covered probably all day by Tyron Matthew, who's probably gonna he'll probably follow him around everywhere he goes. Um, and he's a really good player. Many of the balls that it, he's getting from Dak, one he hasn't gotten before. Two, several of them have been severely underthrown. So even some of the jump balls that he's gotten, I mean, he's had to go back and make you know decent plays. And I thought I think I'm happy with the way Dez has been playing. I'm really happy with the way. I just wish they would give him the ball more. But when you got the best, I mean, best defender following him around everywhere, um, that's that's a little hard to do. That's why Jason Witten's been, I mean, looks like a pro bowler after two weeks. Cole Beasley is, you know, catching balls like crazy. Williams is catching the ball like crazy. I mean, even Bryce Butler's had an opportunity to make some plays because they're shadowing. De- I mean, Dez is doing what he's get paid to do, draw double coverage and, and take their best defender out of the game. Well, I, and I, I agree with that to a point. But when you look at a player, we argued over these two players before on an earlier podcast between Des Bryant and DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, when you play the Texans, there's no doubt. There is there is no Ezekiel Elliott. You know when we're throwing it, you're throwing it to Hopkins, and he's sometimes wide open. I mean, at some point you have to, if you're as elite as Des Bryant thinks he is, and as much as he talks, I re- I like him a lot. He's a good player. There are times where you just gotta get open. Yeah, but it's, it's just that yeah, simple. but it's a lot. It's it's a lot different when their play calling, like the Texans, stretch the ball down the field because Hopkins, Hopkins is probably a lot faster than what Des Bryant is. So I mean, he runs the routes that he's. Des Bryant is not a speedster. No, neither is DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, yeah but he's he's probably a lot faster than Des Bryant is. No, no, I'm pretty sure that. he is. I'm pretty sure he is. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll I'll pull up Dez's forty time and you and and that was granted, you know what eight years ago when Dez ran his forty yard dash, um, but I don't think we're going to uh, I don't think we're going to see the same Dez. But I think they'll run him on more some more routes across the middle, some more comebacks, some more outs, get him in the slot a little bit to try and get him off the line a little bit easier. But Dez, I'm I'm happy. Wow. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins' forty time was a four five seven. That is slow. That's slow for our receiver. That's very slow. That's very slow. And Dez is when he was younger was a four five two. So I mean, close. it's close though. Yeah, they're, 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 they're both not lining up with this. But you said no. you said you know like but he was way long, faster. But how long ago was that? You think Dez could run a four five seven right now? Yeah, huh. yeah. That that doesn't go away. Your speed De- doesn't De- go De- away. Deion Sanders can still. That's, that, you're talking about a difference. I'm the same, but no. Deion but it's, no is a, I'm just saying the speed stays the same for the most part. When you're a wide receiver, cornerback, the Dez has been playing for this is this eighth year, seventh mm-hmm. year, eighth year. No one's debating who's a better wide receever. DeAndre Hopkins is a you're better wide receiver. Mind, but all boy, I'm saying, stop. I'm boy, saying boy, stop. you smoking that. <laughs> all I'm saying, well, this is this is great for that. Like you said, though, that's on the offense too. They got to find situations to get Des Bryant open. So that he can get the ball, and they're just not doing that. Like yeah. it's too predictable. But on you know, 
wait to see. They're gonna try and stack that box to stop Zeke like the the Broncos were able to do. And we'll see. We shall see. We'll probably we'll probably be uh well, I imagine we'll put up at least four touchdowns. We'll put up at least four touchdowns. Dan Bailey kicking up a field goals. I think I predicted the score to be like 30, 30, 30, 32. No, couldn't have been 32. It was 34, 34, 13 Cowboys. That's what I honestly predicted. Okay. I was playing coy with you a little earlier. Of course you were. You sneaky little snake. You. <laughs> <laughs> 34, 13. The Cowboys haven't scored 30 points this year, have they? Even well, against we haven't the had to. Giants. We haven't had to. Well, they, they couldn't against the Broncos. Yeah. They would have loved to, but they couldn't do it. So what game on the schedule do you look at and think this is the game to watch coming up? I don't think we had as many as we did last week. Yeah, not as many. I mean, when you look at the schedule and the teams that we're going to play, I know Trey referenced this in uh, episode 24. I mean, there's so many games that are close that are really pickums. I think my favorite game to watch this Sunday, and this is kind of my bias from the AFC South perspective, is the Seahawks and Titans. Um, if the Seahawks are able to win a game, excuse me, if the Titans are able to win a game like that versus the Seahawks at home, so the Titans are at home, um, it's a game they're capable of winning, but at the same time, you have a defense like that coming with the Seahawks. If, if they're able to put up a lot of points versus the Seahawks, then you got to start thinking the Titans are for real, at least for real in the, uh, the AFC South. Yeah, I think the Denver and Buffalo games can be closer than what people think. I think you got two of the better defenses in the NFL going against each other. Um, I think that's going to be good. Tyrod Taylor, I don't think he'll probably rush for as many yards as he throws for, but I think that's going to be something that um, when the Broncos rush the edge like they do to have a quarterback like Tyrod Taylor who's not afraid to put the ball, pull the ball down and take off running, I think that's going to cause a little bit of a concern for them. And it's uh, funny you mentioned the Bills. If I were a Bill fan, I know we don't talk about the Bills a lot on this podcast. I'd be so upset because their defense is legit. One yeah. of the best defenses in the NFL. And they basically sold the offense this offseason. Yeah. They gave Tyrod Taylor 0% chance at being successful. And and both of his former receivers balled out last balled night. Balled out. Yeah. I mean, they're that deep. They could literally be a playoff team if they paid any attention to their offense because the defense is legit. But I think Tampa Bay, Minnesota, that's going to be a good game. I look at Atlanta going to Detroit. Both teams are two and zero. Blowout. Oh goodness. Who's one? This, which one is it going to be now, Trey? Who's the Falcons one are going to blow them out? Also, oh, now the Falcons are the team that's going to blow out somebody. They're going to blow out. The, they're playing the Lions for crying. The out Lions loud. are two and zero. But they're okay, let's, going let's, to blow let's, them let's, out. Let's, can I talk? Go ahead. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Detroit. They can prove something right here at home. People are saying, "Okay, you're two and zero, but whatever." <laughs> Trey, what I tell you. You're two and zero, but no one really believes that they're a team that's going to take the next step. If Atlanta goes into Detroit and Detroit's able to win that game and they start off three and zero, then it's going to raise some eyebrows. You're going to have to start to believe that maybe Detroit is trying to take the next step. They went to the playoffs last year, and now they're trying to take a step further and maybe go further in the playoffs than they did last year. So I think that's a, a game to watch right there. If, if, why you keep saying if? Because I don't know if it's going to happen or not, man. I don't know what's going to happen. Make, then make a decision. Be bold sometimes. Just, you know, go out on a limb. The last time I did that, the Jaguars beat the Texans. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. This is true. But, no, it's good. I think I think that game is going to be a lot better. It'll be 
I think that game is not going to be as close as people think it's going to be, even though they're both 2-0. The problem is the Lions play well from behind. Uh, they play really well from behind. And so I think that's probably what causes the most concern for me because they're never they're never really out of it. Yeah. They're never really out of it. Um, so, but I'm not, I'm not, I don't anticipate that game being what, what we think. When Trey says that, you, you can expect the opposite? Detroit, yes, okay. to win the game. So you want to pick some of these games? You want to pick a handful of these games? Oh, yeah. Can, can I pick my upset of the week? Sure. Can I just do that right now? Sure. Go ahead. Um, this is a team that the Texans just beat, and um, they're going into Lambeau Field. I, I, I think the Bengals had a, 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 a week where they had to look each other in the face, specifically Marvin Lewis, and say, man, your job is likely on the line. I don't know of a coach who's going to get fired in season more than Marvin Lewis. And personally, I've advocated for them to bring in A.J. McCarron. And especially with A.J. McCarron coming out during the off week saying, hey, Bengals fans, you should really trust your quarterback. Isn't that weird? Your backup quarterback comes out during the middle of the week and says, hey, don't give up on the starter. As if he knows, y'all go ahead and boot a starter and I'm going to come back in in, in this game. But I think Andy Dalton and the Bengals are going to go up and Lambeau and win. I think the Packers is not as good as we thought they were. They normally show up for big games towards the end of the season, but this is just week three. So my upset would be the Bengals going into Lambeau and winning that game. The Packers may not be as good as you think they are or you thought they were, but the Bengals are as bad as everybody <laughs> thinks they are. <laughs> the, Bengals, the Bengals are not going to go into Lambeau Field against Aaron Rodgers coming off an embarrassing, embarrassing loss and win that game. That's not going to happen. Well, right now, Jordan Nelson is questionable. Randall Cobb is doubtful for that game. So those are his two did you, main Did you just weapons. hear what I just said? The, the name I just said? Jordy, Jordy Aaron Rodgers. the last two days. With the hamstring, right? Quad, I think it's a quad. Okay. So he, may, so he may he may have Jordy, but I don't think he's going to have Randall Cobb. Okay. And forget, even if he had them both, the Bengals' defense is a defense that, that can give Aaron Rodgers trouble. And Aaron Rodgers has escaped three pick sixes in the last two weeks. Somebody's going to catch the ball at some point and run it back to the house. And I think the Bengals, after being talked about, made fun of, joked at, haven't scored a touchdown, I think they they get that feel again in the NFL when they score a touchdown. And I think they'll score several. Y'all are looking at me like I'm crazy, but they're going to win the football believe I don't believe it. I, I, I can't see it. That's a bold statement. That's a very, that's a very, that's a, very bold statement. Yeah, that's a very, very bold <laughs> statement. Look, I think that this game is just going to – validate the owners to say, you know what, Marvel Lewis, you have to go. I don't think they're going to turn it around. It comes to a point to where you keep on doing the same things over and over and over again and barely getting by. They may try to find a way to get A.J. Green the ball more in this game, but that's that's it. They can't run the ball. Andy Dalton has been terrible, awful. We talk about terrible quarterbacks. Andy Dalton, Palmer, Eli Manning, these quarterbacks have been Garbage, trash, and manure. You pick the order. What about Jay Cutler? Why, why are you bringing this guy up? Because you didn't mention him in garbage quarterbacks. I was just waiting to oh, hear he played, his name. Okay, he played okay. I was his just waiting to hear his name. He played okay. I He's, thought he, he was your... He, he played... Look, look he, as far as playing okay <laughs> and then playing terrible, Jay Cutler does it the most. There's some games you watch and be like, whoa, it, he might be a good quarterback. 
Then he'll come back the following week and throw all that away. Just throw it away. Uh-huh. And have the same facial expression that he did when he was lighting it up. So I, I get it. I get it. I like the. I mean, I like what you. I like. I like where you're going with that because the definition of insanity is doing the exact same thing and expecting different results. And it's only been one game. What for Jay Cutler? Oh, I wasn't. I wasn't talking about that. What are you talking about? I'm just saying. There's certain franchises that I know and you know and you root for that do the same stuff over and over and over again. Same results. Nada. Nada. I've been saying this since episode 15. If O would just give out this man's address, <laughs> we wouldn't have to deal with this. Well, I didn't say it. I wasn't. No more. <laughs> no, I, I'm closer to choking Trey <laughs> than giving out his address. I'm just saying. I just want, I want there to be a podcast where people are hearing this gagging sound. <laughs> They're like, what's that? And they know that I'm choking Trey. You know how Homer chokes Bart Simpson? <laughs> oh, he OJ, calm down, OJ. <laughs> don't call me OJ, okay? <laughs> I, I don't think the Cincinnati Bengals are going to Lambeau and win, um, but there really aren't any. I do think it's a critical week, though. I do think you're going to find out a lot about teams this week. There are going to be some upsets. Well, you know, the, the thing is, it's week two, right? So I think one of the commentators said it this weekend, and, and it, it kind of shines, shines light on it. The Eagles are playing the Giants, and no one's talking about it. Because the Giants are garbage. I, listen, I'm, I gotta, I'm trying to make a point here. The Chargers and the Chiefs are playing, and that's no, it's a rivalry game. And normally, Philip Rivers does plays against them fairly well, right? No one's talking about it because you can see the Chargers throwing that game away, right? Doing something to lose the game. The Saints and Panthers are playing, and last year that was probably the NFL game of the year. Uh, I actually got a chance to go to that game, um, and it was. Where's that game being played? This game is in Carolina. See, now that's that's the game we where Chris is talking about. The Bengals going into Lambeau when I can see New Orleans going into Carolina and actually winning that game. Drew Brees, I don't know what they're doing with Drew Brees. They got rid of all of his weapons. He really can't do anything. Well, I saw him in that last game against the, the uh, Patriots. He was slinging the ball around. He just didn't have anybody to throw the ball he, to. He's throwing the ball well. You know, I mean, he's throwing the ball well uh, both games that uh-huh. they've lost. I can't see them going 0 3. They could, but he gets Willie Sneed back next week. Um, which will which will help them out help a little bit. Um, but he's he's passing the ball around a little bit, so his receivers are doing well. They can't decide what they want to do with running backs. I think that's they need to go ahead and start Kamara. Somebody Kamara, yeah. which it, I picked up in my fantasy football. This is you know start Kamara. Yeah, let him be the starter. <laughs> Just so you know, yeah. um, and then trade Peterson somewhere because he's he's not going to work out there. It's not going to work out. Yeah, I think it's going to be. I don't even know why they picked him up. Like that's it. Just baffles me because Mark Ingram can still run. He's not going anywhere no. unless he gets hurt. That's what was so confusing about that. Yeah, I, I just know. I don't understand it because you think when you pick him up, you know he's not going to want to just do a timeshare. Like he he thought coming in, okay, I'm going to be the man here. This is what the Saints need. They need someone that's going to run the ball consistently. That's, that's not happening. You know, yeah. he's going to punch Sean Payne in the face. <laughs> he definitely wants to. He definitely wants to. But I think we I think it'll be another competitive week. But what 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 I was going to earlier is that these t- guys don't play together at all anymore. So right now they're bringing in so the the preseason rosters are so huge now compared to where they used to be. After week three, I mean week three, the teams probably play together a half of the starters. The ones play about a half. But week one, week two, week three, they play about a half. Week four in the preseason, they're not playing at all, barely 
any at all. Um, and then the season starts. So they really haven't gelled and got a chance to do anything. So I think that's why NFL, you know, viewership is down a little bit. You know, scoring is atrocious, you know. Um, but these guys really haven't had a chance to to gel. And I think that's why you see people like Tom Brady and Brandon Cooks not on the same page. Um, you see Aaron Rodgers, you know, he didn't look like Aaron Rodgers to me. You know, Martellus Bennett couldn't catch a pass if he handed it to him. Yeah. You know, I mean, so I think you're seeing a lot of those people, Gronkowski missing passes, you know, Houston Texans not putting the ball in the end zone. Andy Dalton, say what you want about Andy Dalton, but I've not seen Andy Dalton play this bad. And there's no way he got, he went from where he, because last year he was a serviceable quarterback. He's always been one of those steady quarterbacks, you know, in the playoff hunt, going to get, I mean, there's somebody you're talking about, not the end, but end of the season, getting in the playoffs. Andy Dalton's not that bad of a quarterback, but he, he looks atrocious. He actually is that bad of a quarterback. No, he's because not. Because there's a stat they put out last year. How many times have he's had, I've had him in a fantasy, I had him as a fantasy quarterback once. How many times have he had a game where he's throw more than two touchdowns in the past two years? That what, do you, what do you think? I don't know. I've had AJ Green. He's done really well, so I don't know. I don't think he's had any. Where he's thrown more than two? More than two touchdowns. None. Zero. Nada. Like you, serviceable, I guess, that you, you can call him that. But you make it, Andy Dalton is not above average. You might think he is. Nobody's ever argued that. No, no, I'm just saying. No. Some people might look at Andy Dalton and, and look at Matthew Stafford. Some people, okay, just, just hold on and think that they're on the same level. They're really not. Andy Dalton last year threw for 4,206 yards. How many, th- how many, how many two eight, touchdowns 18, games? 18 touchdowns and eight interceptions. So obviously not a lot of two touchdown games at all. Um, but a 91.8% passer rating. And that was actually 1,000 yards more than what he threw the year before. Right. So, I mean, he was progressing. and I'm saying he was progressing well, you know, in the I, right direction. The, the numbers, especially in the league today. Yeah, especially yards. Too. Yeah, it's just... Yeah. The quarterbacks pass so much that it makes it look like they're having a decent seat. It's like a running back running for 1,000 yards. In 2015, his pass rating was 106.3. That, might have, been, and that might have been his best season. Two years ago. That might have been his best season right there. 25 touchdowns, seven interceptions. Yeah, that might have been his best season. But, I mean, the, the gap. Like, I remember we had a conversation about the top quarterbacks. And we said elite. And we went from elite straight to above average. Yeah. Like there are no good quarterbacks in the NFL, <laughs> like none. You know, back in the, I mean, I want to say the '80s, it seemed like there were a lot of good quarterbacks. That's what it seemed like. It just seems like the 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 quality of play for quarterbacks now has just gone straight down the tubes. But I, I don't, I don't, I'm not big on any Dalton or the Cincinnati Bengals this year at all. Uh, I'm, I just I like their head coach, and I I, I like him too. And I don't mind Andy Dalton, uh, but he should have been fired two years ago. I'm sorry. My thing, he's is, the longest tenure uh, <laughs> uh, head coach. As long, if, if if I'm a GM, if I'm an owner, if my team is making the playoffs, I'm not firing my coach. And that's the it. only and time that, you do is if your if your team is a Super Bowl contender, like the the Broncos were when they fired um, John Fox. You do that when your team is a perennial Super Bowl contender. But when your team, the Bengals, when have they won a playoff game? When's the last time they won a playoff game? You know, this, this, is, a, this, is, a, this is equivalent to Bill O'Brien finishing the season 9-7 for the next three years and being knocked out of the playoffs. No, he needs to be fired. No, no, it's but, but it's the same no, thing. It's, it's the exact same no, thing. Different. You cannot tell me. Marvin Lewis, look, and then the team they're losing to, 
is the Texans. That's what's so <laughs> odd about this conversation we're having. There's no way Marvin Lewis, this is the year he's done. If they don't go to the playoffs, which whatever, even if they do go to the playoffs, if they do not progress, because you can look at the, the Los Angeles Rams. Okay. Jeff Fisher's gone. Jeff uh, Goff looks like a totally different quarterback now. I thought well, he was Fisher trash. didn't call the offense, but Fisher couldn't coach a quarterback either. Okay, that's why golf looks so good to me because they finally got rid of the coach. But they got rid. What, they got, you, you they also to brought progress. in an offensive mind. But that's that's the point too. Look, look at your boy Brian Hoyer. I, I don't know look why at he's your my boy, boy Brian Hoyer. Look at I mean, well, Kyle Shanahan. Yeah, but Hoyer. So where are some teams Hoyer's played for? He's good for a lot of teams. Uh huh. But I'm not, I'm missing your point a little bit. So, so Hoyer looks good, basically. Hoyer, I mean, he was. That's not the same Brian Hoyer that. But played. that's my point, though. But it's a. But it's a. It's an offensive minded coach. Jeff Fisher's not that type of person. So you can't blame that on Jeff Fisher. Jeff no, Fisher, no, 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 no. Yes, you can. No, you can't. Because it's it's Jeff Fisher's complete resume that I'm talking about here. Okay, I'm not just talking about offense. I'm talking about everything else that goes with it. You bring Kyle Shanahan in, and all of a sudden, Brian Hoyer looks like a. a serviceable quarterback that's what that's what i'm talking about you can't marvin lewis cannot continue that's like you're accepting mediocrity right there that's exactly what you're doing okay as long as we go to the playoffs every year we're fine i I just can't accept that as a fan the Bengals are a mediocre team that somehow marvin lewis gets to the playoffs and a tough division which is almost perennially a tough division with the the ravens and the steelers I, i think it's 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 amazing how many times they've actually gotten to the playoffs. Well, but this is what this is what happens with the players when they go into the season every year and they see Marvin Lewis there, and they start to lose or they start to get into his habit of losing. That's what happens. If you shake things up a little bit and you bring in another coach, then maybe they might might push this team over the edge. Or you don't smother playoffs for no, another ten seasons. That's fine. That's not but working. I would, I would rather look. I would rather take the risk of getting a. Because the ultimate goal for any NFL franchise, whether you believe it or not, is to get to a Super Bowl. If you are content with getting to the playoffs every year and that's just it, then you're not doing your franchise any favors. That's part one of the podcast. Make sure you look out for part two where we have one of our most intense and heated debates. Thanks for listening to the new Channel Sports Podcast. Leave comments. Please rate the podcast with five stars and don't forget to subscribe. Check out the podcast daily for sports news and scores. Thursdays for the take of the week and every Tuesday and Saturday for discussions on hot sports topics.